Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and I want to welcome you to my channel. And um, in the description below is a link to my website. If you're interested in booking coaching appointments or anything like that, or in our certificate program and Enneagram coaching, all that information is uh, listed in the description below. Well, at the website listed in the description below. And also thanks to my patrons. I really appreciate your support for this channel. And uh, we are in a discussion on the basic introductions to each type. Okay, so the last video we did one through four. I was kind of trying to hope to get through all of them, but I ended up talking a lot. So today we're gonna do five. We're gonna try and do five, six, seven, eight, nine. We'll see if we get that far. But we're looking at the uh, the classic uh, by Riso and Hudson, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, and just kind of reading through the opening section of that the descriptions of of each type okay so let's talk about type five so this is what they have listed type five the investigator uh is an intense cerebral type okay cerebral so it's all up in the head right um well now that sounds like a good thing cerebral i'm very cerebral she's very cerebral um well i don't know that that sounds like a very good thing but i mean it sounds like you know this person is a thinker this person you know, really processes information in their head and uh, is a very uh, thinking type person. But cerebral can also, you know, there's there's sort of a dark side to that too, isn't there? Like sometimes has a hard time getting things done because it can just sort of be in the head, you know, so you accomplish a lot in your head, so to speak, uh, meaning maybe you ordering courses uh, you're, you're, you're studying, you're doing research, you're, um, you know, contemplating, you're formulating plans, but are you actually getting things done? Okay. See, there's where the cerebral part may be kind of a, a two-edged sword. And I've known some fives like that, that, um, you know, we're taking courses on starting a business. They've got all kinds of books on shelves behind them of, um, internet marketing and, um, you know, insurance and, um, they, they've researched, you know, the fire out of what it takes to start a, an online business or what it takes to start, um, whatever interest they're in. But sometimes it's like, well, I don't know that I have enough information. So before I actually make this website go live, you know, and start doing business, maybe I need to to do a little more research. Again, it's that fear of actually turning the paper in. So research, 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 gather more information, and then sometimes it stalls out on the getting it done. And fives, of course, are in the withdrawing stance. So uh, it can be hard sometimes for fives to, to show up in terms of actually turning, turning it in. And so cerebral sounds great, uh, but the flip side to that may be there's sometimes a hard time, you know, getting feet on the ground and getting moving forward. Okay. So intense, cerebral, intense. I think about intense, you know, imagine like trying to teach a classroom, which I think fives could be, I think of fives is more like the professors. Okay. Ones, maybe some twos, you know, uh, sixes, you know, the teachers, sevens could be inspirational teachers if they could stay with it. Nines could do it for their whole life, you know, but fives, more like professors, more like sparking people, um, sparking people's minds and getting them interested in subjects and raising questions 
Um, and I imagine a five being very frustrated in school and maybe even the teachers that try to teach that five being very frustrated with, with that five at school because, you know, not every teacher wants an intense cerebral student. Now, you, you get what I'm saying is, you know, a teacher should, a teacher should be, you know, encouraged to have an intense cerebral student. But in kind of the way we do education, you know, it's more like a, uh, kind of like a factory, you know, I'm going to put 30 kids in front of you, you're going to teach this subject, get them through these worksheets and move them to the next class. And then I'm going to put 30, it's like an assembly line, you know, intense cerebral people may not fit very well in an assembly line style education system. And so I can see fives being frustrated in that system and I can see them, uh, their teachers maybe being frustrated with them and which is so sad because I mean, fives in a sense could be the greatest students um, and maybe the greatest students but could find themselves very frustrated in the way we try and do education. There's kind of an idea that like, you know, fives are always learning, but never really have a teacher. Um, they are seeking out information, um, but they might come across as though they're unteachable. People might get frustrated with a five and say, this kid's unteachable. You know, that's what they said about um, Einstein after all, that he was unteachable. Uh, yet they're, they're always learning, uh, but they're, all, they're going to challenge their teachers. They're going to challenge them, and not every teacher wants to be challenged. Okay, so intense, intense. And it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's, it, most fives probably don't think of themselves as intense. They think of themselves as quiet, laid back, shy. Um, but they can be very intense um, when they're on a subject that they know a lot about. They can be very intense come across very intense when you're talking about something that they don't think you know much about. Uh, that could be a very frustrating situation for a five when they have to sit under a lecture from somebody that doesn't really know what they're talking about. Uh, I can imagine that uh, the thoughts going through their minds in that moment are intense. They could be maybe a little straightforward, brutal, direct, emotionally disconnected or emotionally detached and come across in ways that are a little sharp and prickly. And that's why I always say the tree of the five is a cactus. Um, you know, keep their space and uh, can come across a little pointed or ja jaggedy on the edges. Okay. Cerebral type. Fives are alert. Okay. They have that kind of position like I want to learn from back here. I want to stand behind this wall and I want to observe everything from way back here. And so I'm alert and maybe not in the same sense like a six is alert and scanning the environment to see where the threats are, uh, but alert, aware and absorbing and taking everything in. Uh, alert to their environment, alert to what uh, information, you know, is, um, is available to them. And of course, their sin is greed because they take all that information in and they can be kind of stingy with it or sometimes they can pour it out where it's not necessarily wanted. And every five I know knows that experience of sharing a bunch of information that they feel excited about that they think is helpful to the scenario and then people just saying, oh my goodness, why do you keep talking about race cars? Oh my goodness, why do you keep talking about motorcycles? Oh my goodness, why do you keep talking about... And so probably most fives learn to just kind of just bottle it up and... and uh, not share so easily. Alert, insightful, insightful. 
actually, actually, I hear a lot of fives, actually, actually giving you little nuanced insights to things that you don't know. I kind of get the idea that fives often are attracted to the knowledge that I don't know. Um, you know, what's so exciting about the knowledge that everybody knows? Nobody cares about the knowledge everybody knows. It's the knowledge that people don't know. That's, you know, that kind of, what is it? Adam ruins everything. You know, that kind of, um, I want to know the stuff. At least this is the social five. I want to know the stuff that, that others don't know. And uh, again, if you're a teacher and you're teaching through a lesson series and every, you know, 10 minutes, Junior's raising his hand. Well, actually, Christopher Columbus never landed on uh, American continent. Actually, you know, then a teacher could get very frustrated by that because it's going to feel like they're always being challenged. Um, and they are. That's what five, when they're healthy, right, looks like an eight, challenger. Um, when they're unhealthy, they can look like kind of like a seven, which sevens are goofballs. Okay, I am a seven, right? Sevens can be goofballs, and fives, when they're not doing well, they can get kind of goofy. They can get kind of, you know, jumping around at topics without ever really planting their feet anywhere. Sevens are like Tigger, right? They bounce around from one passion to another uh, for three months or three weeks, and fives, when they're not doing so well, can kind of lose their focus and become very unfocused and sort of leap into conversations where they're not where their facts aren't always appreciated and they're sort of uh, challenging situations that don't necessarily need to be challenged but when fives are really healthy they bring the right information at the right time to challenge the status quo and shake people's foundations and move people off of false beliefs onto you know at least to question their beliefs and and move them to investigating for themselves again a five when they're when they're um you know, really healthy, they spark others to become more cerebral. They, they spark others to want to ask questions and get answers and find out the truth. Uh, they inspire others. Um, okay, so they're able to concentrate their focus and develop complex ideas and skills. Complex, the key word, right? I'm a seven. I like to keep things pretty simple. I like to keep things pretty surface. I like to keep things pretty relatable. And fives can definitely have a tendency to go a lot deeper and a lot more complex than, than I, I do. I'm a seven. I go to five in health. I go and I gather information. It's kind of backwards of an eight. An eight goes to five in unhealth, you know, or stress. And, uh, I, you know, you'll see an eight just move into action and going. And then when things aren't working or things, you know, aren't being accomplished, then in their stress, you'll see them go to their laptop, open it up, start doing research to gather information to figure out what's going wrong. Sevens, when they're healthy, you know, are going and focusing on information about whatever it is they're interested in, which they then share, um, you know, in their seven enthusiastic way with the world. So sevens and eights both have that line to five. Sevens, it's kind of like we go there proactively and eights kind of reactively. All right. Uh, more about that when we get to the seven and eight. Independent and innovative. Independent. Yes. Independent and innovative. Uh, probably the five wing four, my guess, would be a little more independent than the five wing six. Um, innovative, independent, independent. Um, I'm an island to myself. Cactus, right? Fives kind of have that I'm an island to myself mentality. Um, and I don't want 
you know, people interrupting me. I don't want people bothering me. I don't want people intruding on my space. I don't want, if, I always say that if you walk into a five's office and you say, hey, I got a question about this report, blah, blah, blah. Probably the first thing the five is thinking is, why are you in my office? You know, like, why are you here? What, what, what is it that you're, why are you taxing my energy? Why are you costing me this energy? You know, you're supposed to stay on your side of the building and we meet during staff meetings and why don't we cover that in staff meetings? Why are we doing this here now in this way? Um, that's my perception of what might be going through a five's mind because they're very independent. Um, you know, I always think like you can go around the Enneagram and think like the angry dad. How do we relate to the angry dad? And every type sort of does in their own way. And I think five's way of how do you relate with the angry dad is I just disconnect from dad. I don't need dad. I don't need to be in a relationship with dad. I'll just go over here in this area by myself and I won't need. And that's 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 crucial to understanding fives is is the shutdown of I don't need. I don't have needs. I don't I don't want to have needs. And again, I don't think that's a cognitive thought. I don't want to have needs. It's just kind of their orientation where a seven needs everything, right? And and a two needs you to need them. And twos are often unaware of their own needs. Fives, it's like, if I don't need anything, then I'll be okay in this world. I, if I don't need anything, then I don't have to be afraid because people can't necessarily get to me. They can't get to me if I don't need anything. I'm sure that's a that's a real wake-up thought for somebody who's never heard that if you're a five. You could probably pause the video there and just think about that for a while. Independent and innovative. Innovative. Um, seeing what others don't see. Seeing how things could fit together in a way that others maybe haven't thought about. Seeing how things could be tweaked and turned and moved in a way that would revolutionize the industry. Um, and again, five looks like an eight when they're healthy. Challenger. They challenge the status quo. They challenge the system. They become preoccupied with their thoughts and imaginary constructs. Preoccupied with their thoughts and their imaginary constructs. Mean, meaning the things they come up with in their head, their ideas, their uh, the way that they could see things being played out or the way things should be organized in their head. Um, they could become preoccupied with that and, and not ever really see, you know, any fruit from their labors. They could become over-focused in their mind and sort of live there, detached, again, from a safe space, detached away from real life, detached away from their family, detached away from their coworkers, their community. And again, I think that six wing is really good for fives because sixes are all about community. Sixes are all about connections. Sixes are all about suspicion. And I think every five could use a little bit of suspicion. You know, fives, they might go research, gather all their information from a trusted source and believe it and think, well, why wouldn't anybody, why would anybody question this? The facts are clearly in front of you. You know, this car or this vehicle is the superior vehicle because look at all the specs, look at all the stats, look at all the look at all the review, look at all the survey, look at all the details, you know, look at, I read it right here, it's in Consumer Reports, it's in Science Weekly, it's in, okay, and that six wing says, yeah, I don't know about that. Just because it says it in this magazine doesn't necessarily, I want to go ask some actual experts, people that know, people that drive these cars, people that have this experience. A five would do well to, to have a little bit of suspicion for their own information, 
and also to realize that people aren't going to just believe them because they say it's true. People um, realize that sometimes people might be suspicious of your information. And I think a five could be bewildered sometimes when they're clearly giving you the, the, the accurate data and clearly giving you the facts. Um, they might be bewildered why people are being so stubborn and refusing to believe what is you know scientifically proven. And we throw that word scientifically around. It essentially means super-de-duper, you know, because you have facts and then you have scientific facts. Well, if a fact is a fact, then it's by nature it's true, right? So saying it's scientifically true, how does that make it more true than true? How does that make it more of a fact than a fact? I'm open. You guys help me understand, okay? If I'm missing something, help me understand. But in our culture, we say, oh, this is scientifically proven. This is scientific facts. And I think by that you mean we did these certain, you know, tests on it in such a way that we don't manipulate the results. But if you go back and you look at scientific facts over the, you know, the centuries, you'll see that a lot of things that were thought to be scientifically proven have been scientifically unproven. So when people say it's scientific facts, it's kind of like, oh, super de duper facts, you know. But if a fact is a fact, then isn't it a fact whether it's scientific fact or not? Okay, there's my little ramble. So I think that a, a five could come with their scientific facts, their proven facts, right? And people look at them and go, yeah, I don't really think that's true. Nah, I don't really believe that. And a five might be bewildered. Why would you not believe what has clearly been proven scientifically or clearly been proven beyond reasonable doubt? People can be suspicious. They're suspicious of, you know, who published this study? Or does this study motivated to bring people, consumers, to a certain end? And so people can be naturally suspicious, which sixes are naturally suspicious. And I think it'd be helpful for a five to realize that sometimes just because they're proving their point doesn't mean that they're going to persuade people's opinions because people can be naturally suspicious, even of their scientific facts. Okay? Um... So they can be live a little bit in their imaginary constructs. And probably the five-wing four, uh, not five-wing four, the sexual five. Um, I don't know a lot of sexual fives, uh, but I think the sexual five, you know, might live in that sort of imaginary relationship. Um, you know, a perfect, ideal, idealized relationship. Like a four might. Uh, it's the five that looks more like a four, okay? So they become detached. Boom. Detached. Now, that can be a good thing, right? We think of it as kind of a negative, detached. Look, we need you here to be a part of our family. We want to know how you feel. We want to know what your opinions are. We want you to be included, right? And fives are mm, 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 reserved, distant, separate, an island to themselves, porcupines, owls up on the roost, you know, looking down on life, cactuses. Detached can seem like a negative, um, and there are negative aspects to it, but there's also very good positive aspects. What if you're in the middle of a conflict? What if everybody's at each other's you know, throat? Nobody's really listening to each other. And, and of course, the nines are going to mediate. The nines role is to come in and if they're brave enough and if they're courageous enough and if they're healthy enough to mediate conflict and tone people down and say, I don't think we're listening to each other. Let's all bring it down. Okay, but fives, because of their detached nature... They're, they're better able to analyze 
in some ways. They're better able to analyze all of what's being said, all of what's being thrown out there, all of the attitudes and all of the disagreements in a more objective way. Because most of us are very subjective. I got my feelings hurt and so Jack's bad. I don't like Jack. Jack's a jerk and everybody needs to turn against Jack. I think sixes can be like that, right? I'm against Jack and so I need my whole community to be against Jack. That's not necessarily rational thinking, right? And so a five, which is good for a six wing, a five can be a little more observed and a little more detached and say, all things being equal, if you factor out all of these feelings that everybody's feeling, and of course it's very good for fours too, because fours can sometimes be led by their intuition, led by their feelings, that five says, hey, rather than being driven by how we're feeling right now and all of our frustrations, let's actually analyze what's been said, let's analyze what the problem is, let's draw a line and let's total it up and come up with a sum of what the situation is, what the problem is, and then how we could solve that problem. Fives can be very good at this because of their detached nature. Um, you know, I think like the difference between a doctor, which I think type one, you know, or maybe six, and then I'm sure every other kind could be a doctor as well. I know that I've met doctors that are sevens and threes and all that. But when I think of the doctor, you know, I think of a one, and then I think of the research doctor, you know, sort of the PhD, the the research doctor as the five, who may have a difficulty with bedside manner because of that detached part of themselves that I'm giving you the facts. You have stage three cancer. You have about three months to live. And it's just, it's just information. And I could put some kind of emotional spin on this, but why would that be helpful to you? Don't you just want to know the facts? So, okay. I don't know why I got on that subject, but here we go. Uh, which I'm not even sure. Stage three cancer, is that the worst? I don't know. Okay. Because um, I'm not sure how it works. Is stage one worse than stage three? I'm sure you guys will tell me in the comments. All right, so preoccupied with their thoughts and imaginary construct. They become detached, yet high, strong, and intense. High, strong, and intense. Uh, so maybe a little, um, a little like a seven there. Okay, under not doing so well. I think sevens, that sounds like sevens, high, strong, and intense. They typically have problems with isolation. Okay, they, like I said, an island to themselves. Kind of, hey, Junior, get out of the basement. Come on, turn the computer off. Let's go out and pitch a ball. What's a ball? <laughs> you know, and so they can be a little isolated. Um, maybe not needing. There it is. See, I don't need all these relationships. I don't need to be popular. I don't need everybody to know my name. I'm isolated. I'm in my dorm room by myself on my computer, listening to music, playing my guitar. I'm isolated. So they can become a little isolated. Um, eccentric, eccentric. That in my mind is a nice way to say weird. Okay. And I hope that's of no offense to you. If you're five, you've probably been called weird uh, before. I, I'm a seven. And I've been called. I was called weird all the way through high school because I was doing things that were fun. I was doing things that that seemed, you know, lighthearted. And it's not the norm. The norm says do it like this. And sevens depart from the norm and say, nah, that looks boring. That looks lame. This is a lot more fun. Fives depart from the norm. They're isolated. They're they're reserved. They're detached. And so they don't need people to think, maybe, 
that, oh wow, they're really fitting in. That's not their priority to fit in. And so um, they might dress in a way, not like a four, you know, it's kind of like fours, people say fours try to be different and fives actually are. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> fours are working hard to be different. Fives actually are. Because fives are just, they're detached away from, think, the societal norms. You know, you're supposed to wear this kind of pants and this kind of shirt and these colors match. And, uh, you know, these kinds of shoes with this kind of, this kind of, uh, with this type of a dress. And again, if fives are isolated and detached and they're living in their heads and they don't need, they don't need everybody's attention, approval, acceptance, then why would they have to wear things that match? Why would they have to care about, you know, um, all of the things that the group cares about? They wouldn't. And so they're going to stand out and look eccentric or odd or strange or weird, Um and again, I, I think when you tell them that they're weird, they're going to be taken aback. Like, well, why is this weird? These shoes were the highest rated shoes. Um, and these shoes come with, and they'll have, you know, some scientific facts about why these shoes are the best shoes. And you're like, yeah, but dude, your shoes are bright yellow. You know, I mean, that's not important information. Important information is, you know, how they're structurally made and how they support your arches and, and all that. And so they might look eccentric because they're, they're not basing their decisions on what is everybody going to think? Am I going to fit in? Will I get everybody's approval? Will they think that I'm a, a, a swell person? That's not how they're necessarily processing uh, information and nihilism, nihilism, nihilistic. Nihilism is the philosophy that there's really nothing really matters. Um, that it doesn't really matter what you do. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, because a five trapped in their head could sort of spiral into this sort of thinking that it doesn't matter ultimately. Like it's all up to fate or it's all up to chance. Uh, you're more likely to die from getting hit in the head of, from a coconut than you are from a shark. So what does it really matter? It's, it's out of our hands. It's out of our control. What's really the purpose? And, you know, you can, you can what's the old term, navel gaze? You can navel gaze to the point that, you, you know, that your eyes go crossed, right? You can, you can analyze life so deeply that you can kind of come out the other side with less answers than you had when you started. Um, I can see where atheism might be very appealing to fives because it's kind of like I'm coming up with my own solutions to um, the how the universe works in a detached away from anything divine kind of way. Certainly not saying that all fives are atheists. I think a five could argue, you know, very effectively for either side. Um, and could end up, uh, you know, a, a very strong proponent of either side of that issue. But I could see where fives might be led. You know, probably those guys like Richard Dawkins and um, um, I forget all their names, Sam Harris. Um, you know, I've read, I've got a shelf full of their books over there, um, and I've read quite a few books, you know, by atheists. And then there's the counterparts on the Christian side, you know. Anyway, another another time, another video. But I can see where nihilistic thinking, and it's right here in the book. I mean, I didn't make it up. It's right there, nihilistic thinking, that there's no point to any of it. Because I can't solve it all in my brain, so there must not be a point to all of it. 
Okay. All right. So nihilistic. Um, at their best, healthy fives are visionary pioneers. I love that. I love that. Visionary pioneers. You know, that's what eights would do, right? Pioneers, they would plow through. They would plow through all the all the uncharted land. And a healthy five is like that. They're going to pioneer new avenues of information, new New ways of doing things, um, challenge people's assumptions. The five-wing force called the iconoclast, which means take people's belief systems and turn them upside down, challenge them, turn them over, show them that they're standing on shaky ground at best. Pioneers, um, you know, probably those guys that invent computers and those kinds of things, um, probably are, are fives. Often ahead of their time and able to see the world in an entirely new way. You know, if you have a detached view of the world, you'd have a different perspective of things. And if you don't mind sitting with uh, problems until they're solved or, you know, in solving them and spending a lot of time, you've disciplined your mind to solve problems. You've disciplined your mind to, to really work through things to conclusions. Most of us won't sit with things that long. We, we've got things to do. we got other stuff to do. We've got important relationships to manage and we've got adventures to go on and we've got um, television to watch and we've got work to do. We don't have time to, to sit and contemplate and sort things out to their conclusions like maybe a five would. And so the fives discipline themselves, discipline their mind that uh, maybe they're able to do and see things in an entirely new ways that the rest of us may not just have the willingness to sit with long enough. All right, well, that's about 30 minutes. So let's move on to the six. Let's move on to type six, the the loyalist or slash skeptic, <laughs> the uh, suspicious one, right? The loyalist. I love that title, loyalist. The more I observe sixes, the more I talk to sixes, the more I watch them in films, um, I do see that loyalist aspect. And again, let's keep it simple. Sixes are loyal because they need you to be, all right? Um, sixes are loyal because they want you to be loyal. Remember, their sin is fear, right? And so if you're afraid, one of the ways to deal with fear is get a team around you that'll support you. Get a team around you that, that, will, that will encourage you and help you and support you. Um, which is the self-preservation six, the friendly six. It looks like a seven sometimes, looks like a two, very outgoing, very charming, but still has that suspicious nature to them. Um, and the, six, the social six is much more like a one, um, do things the right way, do things according to the book. And the idea is, is if I do things the right way according to the book, then they won't be able to get me because I follow procedures. I followed the policy. I did things the right way. Um, I followed the rules. And and then the uh, sexual six, let me think about that one for a second. Oh, the counterphobic six, right? Um, uh, you know, the uh, the I think the twisted sister six, the we're not going to take it six, you know, the braveheart six. Uh, the uh, push against the, the Barney five six push against what you're afraid of and um, you know be a daredevil be a daredevil and then you've overcome your fears you got to face your fears right can look a little bit like an eight can look like an eight but they don't have the they don't have that that thing the eights have they wish they did but they don't have that 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 gut courage you know, that an eight has. They're working on courage. And they could look braver than an eight because they may be, you know, running, charging into a fight where an eight might might contemplate whether they want to be in that fight. A six, a counterphobic six might be initiating 
fights sometimes that don't necessarily need to be. I hate to do that too. All right, so the loyalist, the committed. You know, there's another word that he doesn't mention in here. The committed, security-oriented type. There's another word that I, I would like to add to this that I think is just a beautiful word to describe sixes, and that is the word concerned. Concerned. Sixes are concerned. That's just a perfect word for sixes. I gave myself chills. Look at that. Concerned. You know, a lot of people are not concerned. They're not concerned, and they should be. You know, they're not concerned about how their kids are doing in school. They're not concerned about whether the boss is actually, you know, taking advantage of employees. Uh, they're not concerned. Sixes are concerned. Now, concern can easily have that worried, you know, aspect to it where you're exhausting energy that is of no benefit. You, you know, worry does not accomplish anything except exhaust and deplete your energy and then maybe even cause you to do things that are foolish in ways to like handle that worry. So concern is sort of the positive side and worry is sort of the negative side. Concern, when, you know, one of the best examples of sixness that I've seen recently, my son, who's a five, um, it was, he's 15, so I said, we need to watch Lord of the Rings, you know, the whole trilogy, because that's such five stuff, you know, I mean, it's just Mordor and Ragdon and, I don't know, is Ragdon in there? I don't even know what Ragdon is, it just sounded like something from, from Lord of the Rings. Um, Gollum and uh, what's the magician's name? He's a five. I just watched it. I'm a seven. I'm so scatterbrained sometimes. Uh, it'll come to me. Gan Gandor? Gandalf. Gandor. <laughs> Gandalf the five, right? And of course Frodo's a nine. He's he's given this ring and he, you know, it just came to him. Life is happening. He's got to take it over here and dump it in some volcano. And who does he have with him? He has a six. He has Samwise, Gamgee, right? Is that right? Samwise. Samwise is a six. You know, the whole movie is about a nine, sort of. In my opinion, if you watch Lord of the Rings 1 through 3, it's really about a six. The movie just highlights in such a beautiful way, in such an illustrative way, the strengths, the positives, the courageous nature, the, the suspicion of the six. Uh, Samwise just plays a great, Sam just plays a great role in that movie of what sixes are. They're there on the journey with you. They're supporting you. They're loyal to you. And there's times when Sam is questioned, when Gollum poisons Frodo's mind against Sam. And, you know, the hurt, the, the absolute betrayal that Sam experiences when he's, when his, when suspicion is aimed at him. Isn't that interesting? Sixes are the most suspicious, right? But when you're suspicious of them, it's absolutely devastating. Just like, you know, fives are, uh, they don't want to be intruded on, but yet they intrude on the classroom. Uh, Mr. Minzer, Mr. Minzer, uh, I know, I know, actually, actually, right? Eights don't want anybody to reach down and grab the remote out of their hand, but what do eights do? Reach down and grab the remote out of your hand, right? And we all do this nonsense. Um, ones don't want anybody to criticize them. And what do ones do? They criticize everything, right? So sixes, you know, they, they are suspicious naturally of most things, but yet when you're suspicious of them, you know, Sam just loses it. And as soon as Frodo apologizes, 
uh, immediately, boom, everything's restored. And sixes are like that. You know, if you look at a six and you say, look, I'm sorry, I was in the wrong, I should have done that. There's nothing more the six wants to do than just come back, restore that community, things are right again. Anyway, so it's a great movie to just illustrate the best of sixness, in my opinion. They're committed, committed like to the death for someone they believe in, for the team. And you can see that in that in that Lord of the Rings. Sam's willing literally to run into fire, to pick Frodo up and carry him up the volcano, feet burning, you know, in lava as he goes. Sixes committed to the team, committed to their family, committed to their group. And what do they want? What do they want? They want me to return that commitment to them. Uh, they want me to be loyal to them. The world is scary. we got to stick together. And I need to know that you're going to be there to support me. So look at how I support you. Okay? Security-oriented type. And again, sixes, when they're unhealthy, they're just threats everywhere. And they don't feel secure. When they're healthy, they make everybody else feel secure and on the team and protected. You know? Sixes are reliable. Boom. Reliable. Reliable. Like a one. Ones are reliable. Sixes are reliable. They What do they want from you? They want you to be reliable. Okay? Hardworking, responsible. Ones are responsible. Six and ones have very much in common in that. Um, responsible. In fact, you might think if you were talking to a six that you're talking to a one. A six might think they're a one. A one's probably not going to think they're a six. But a six might think they're a one. And you might have to coach them a little bit to help them see that they're actually operating out of fear, not out of anger. They're following rules, not following their gut. Okay, Responsible. But they can also be defensive, evasive, and highly anxious. Defensive, evasive, and highly anxious. Um, Yeah, anxious, worry, stress, fear. Um, So you might have a six that's a valedictorian. My mom's a six, a six-wing five. I asked her the other day, um, and she's suffering some for, from forgetfulness, okay? And I asked her the other day, was, was the school you went to, your high school, was it a good school? And her first answer was, I was valedictorian. <laughs> okay, so a six, you know, might be a, a valedictorian, just like you might think a one could very easily be a valedictorian. A three might very easily be a, a five, possibly. Um, if they can get along with their teachers and follow the rules and all that, but uh, okay. But you know, when 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 you spend some time around my mother or other sixes, what you'll pick up on is is a concern that we need to we need to keep things down because Daddy's going to be upset. We need to uh, make sure that this is cleaned up because if we don't, you know, then somebody's going to be upset. I don't think ones are worried that people are going to be upset. You know. So the motivation for becoming valedictorian for a six might be far different than it is for a one or a three, you see. Um, That anxiety can really become very much an energy. Look at nines. Nines often won't get things done until they're in that sixth place, like until the deadline. And then the alarms go off and then you'll see the nine get motivated and get their crap crap turned in, right? but sometimes they have to lean heavy on that unhealthy sixth place anxiety. Anxiety is energy. Okay, fear can be harnessed and translated into energy. So people that are afraid will get will get will make changes in their life. Anger is another one. 
You know, when people get angry at debt and they get angry that they can't tie their shoes without their face turning red, they start to lose weight. They go, I'm sick of this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm angry at my debt. I'm angry at my weight. I'm mad at myself. But fear also can be a great motivator. You know, if I don't change my diet, I could end up with diabetes. If I don't you know, get this room cleaned up, then I, I might get expelled from school. You know, if I don't clean my dorm, if I don't get an A on everything, then that anxiousness, and maybe the self-preservation one could be a little bit like that, but, but that anxiety and that worry and that fear is a great motivator to get, it's a great energy to get things done. It's not always the best energy to get things done. Um, you know, um, there may be other ways um, that are more healthy to get energized, like like maybe accomplishing goals. Um, that might be another way, uh, a desire to see your life improve, not just to keep the wolves at bay. All right. So highly anxious, running on stress. Oh, running on stress. Stress. Stress is a force that's squeezing you a force that's pressuring you. There can be external stresses and there can be internal stresses. There can be a lot of stress in just what you, the stress your mind creates, your, your worry and, 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 and uh, assuming that people are gonna be upset with me and people are gonna be angry with me and people are turning against me and people are, that's why a six in many ways needs a five wing and a seven wing, right? The five wing says to the six, why don't you look at the actual data? You know, what did they say? Did they say that they're against you? Did they say that, that they're forming a coalition to, to, to get you fired? Is that what they said? Uh, no, they actually just walked by, laughed and said hello. So maybe that's all they meant was hello. And so the five is very objective. The six could be a little subjective. And so that objectivity could be a good balancer for the six. Also, the seven wing. What's the seven say? Lighten up, man. Come on. Go out there and get on the stage. People are going to love you. People are going to love you. Go get on the stage. Do your report. People are going to love it. It's going to be awesome. And the six might say, yeah, but what if they don't like it? What if they throw a pie in my face? And the seven says, you get a pie in the face. What's the big deal? Get a pie in the face. Move on. Laugh. When you fall down, Laugh, laugh about yourself and just roll around and get up and move on. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Lighten up. All right. That's very good for a six. Necessary for a six. All right. So running on stress uh, while complaining about it, complaining about it. Oh, you have no idea. You know, you have no idea what I got to do today. You have no idea how hard it is. You have no idea what challenges they're overcoming. You have no idea. I always think of six is like being in that staff meeting where somebody's being a jerk and the six leaving the staff meeting, muttering under their breath to their friends, oh, I almost gave them a piece of my mind. I just about couldn't handle it anymore. I just, I just, I, I just about let loose on that person. I'm just so sick and tired of it. And it's like, oh, well, why didn't you do that in the meeting? Why didn't you do that? Because you're a six. Because if I do that, what's gonna happen? You know, you got, sixes are kind of always, you know, four steps away from, I could end up homeless. And if I open up and I just let loose on somebody at work, I could end up reprimanded. I reprimanded. It might be my third strike. My third strike would mean I could lose my job. I'd lose my job. I'd lose my house. I'd lose my car. I'd lose my kids. I'd lose my family. Ah! Stress, right? Um, that being said, don't underestimate a five. Don't underestimate a six. Okay? Don't underestimate either one because I think 
it wouldn't surprise me if every once in a while Six doesn't just let loose in one of those meetings and let, you know, Mr. Magoo have it. Um, and you would think in that moment that Six is an eight, you know, but no, they're a six. And it's probably more like people are being mistreated here. People are being not treated fair. People are being mistreated. I'm going to stand up for my team. It's probably not just like I'm annoyed with this person's behavior or they're just getting on my nerves. It's probably more like this isn't fair. It's causing the group to suffer. In other words, Frodo's in peril and I will fight against Sauron and Saruman to protect Frodo. And I'll fight against Gollum. And so that boss just became Gollum, you know, and all of your fellow employees are Frodo. And you'll see that six like turned into fire to protect their team. They will take, you know, they will take the shot for their teammates. They might not take it for themselves, but they might take it for their teammates. And so you might see a six let loose in a meeting, but more often than not, you'll see them come out of the restaurant. Oh, I almost gave them a piece of my mind. I just couldn't take it anymore. That's ridiculous. I just got to give my arms. I had to do everything I had to do to pull it back and hold it in. Like, really? Really? Everything? Took everything to hold it in? Okay. So in other words, you might see them. You might see them complaining downhill. Let's put it that way. Remember Private Ryan? You complain uphill. You complain, you know, it's not appropriate for a sergeant to complain about his job to, to the private, you know. You, you're supposed to go uphill and take your concern to your commanding officer. You don't, you don't go to your peers and you don't go to the people beneath you. So sixes, you might see them sometimes get caught in, you know, trying to solve problems or complaining to the people that don't that can't really do anything to change it to their teammates right go to the coach you got a problem go to the coach go to the captain of the team that takes courage right okay but if you want anything changed you know it usually doesn't help to complain to your teammates um sixes by the way i don't think this is in the book but i've, I've talked to some sixes who will do something kind of like a four will do fours will test people you know to see if Am I too much for you? You know, if I were to tell you this dark, weird, obscure fact about myself, you know, I'm like, I'm picking up a box from my basement. If I were to pick up a box from the basement of my soul and bear this to you and let you know that I sometimes think about this or I sometimes wonder about this or I sometimes do this thing, you know, would you then abandon me? You probably would. You probably would abandon me. Sixes kind of do something like that where they might know the truth about something but they want to know, will you tell them the truth about something? You know, so I might know that you drove through and got a donut at the uh, restaurant. I might know that for some reason. Some reason I drove by and I saw you going through and getting the donut. The six, you know, might ask you a series of questions that are testing you to see whether or not you'll admit to something I already know kind of put you in the spot, put you in the corner just to see, is this person reliable? Will they be trustworthy? Will they, you know, never lie to a six, right? Uh, the never ever behavior, never lie to a six. And so a six might entrap you, so to speak, to see if you'll be honest with them, to see if you'll be truthful with them. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's see. Running on stress while complaining about it. They're often cautious and indecisive. Sevens can be indecisive. Um, so if you're going to help with your decisiveness, it's probably going to be because you're leaning on a five, not on a seven. You know, sevens want to keep their options open because something better might come along. Sixes could be indecisive because 
maybe I don't have enough information. Maybe I don't have enough facts. What if I choose wrong? What do you think? Sixes always want to know what do you think. You know, fives want to know what the expert thinks. Sixes want to know what their team thinks. You know, go ask people that bought one and drive one. What do they think? How do they feel about it? Does this make sense to you? Is this? It's kind of like they're sounding it like sonar. They're sending the signal out and they want it to bounce back and and have some reassurance. Yes, this is a which is which is ironic because in my mind sixes are the problem solvers. If you have a problem and you need it solved, go to a six, go to a five. They are problem solvers. But when it comes to their own problems and working through their own problems, sometimes sixes feel like they're disadvantaged. Like they don't like like they don't want to mess it up. To be wrong is to have the earth split open and fall in and have asteroids, you know, fall on your head. And so sixes don't want to be wrong. Um and so it's very scary to live in a world where if you make a mistake, you know, everything could go south. And so they might be a little bit indecisive uh, because they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to get it wrong. They don't want to get in trouble. Uh, cautious. But, can, but, you know, that cautious, indecisive nature can, can, can make it difficult for you, for example, to be a leader. How can you be a real leader if if everything is overanalyzed and everything is suspiciously speculated about it's very hard to be a leader because people follow what they follow confidence people follow confidence they follow boldness they follow action and so this could be limiting to sixes if if it constantly causes them to um you know to be cautious or overly cautious Maybe they could tap in a little bit to their counterphobic uh, impulse, like Braveheart, and lead the charge, right? Indecisive, but can also be reactive, defiant, and rebellious. Reactive, defiant, rebellious. And again, sixes can become the very coalition they fear. You know, sixes are afraid that people are going to turn against them. And then what does a six do? An unhealthy six gets very suspicious, very nervous. They start talking together with others and bring together a coalition. They they don't necessarily complain uphill. They complain sideways. They bring people in. They test them. They make cohorts out of them. And then, you know, the five of us are now on a team against. And the very thing they're afraid of, people forming coalitions against them, is what they've done. They've formed a coalition against against their authority, against their boss, or against, you know, the other side of the office. Um, They typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion. At their best, healthy sixes are internally stable, self-confident, at their best, internally stable, self-confident, self-reliant, courageously supporting the weak and powerless. And again, they'll make you feel, when, when they're not healthy, you'll pick up the anxiety around them. You'll start to feel anxious like they feel anxious. And when they're healthy, you'll start to feel more courageous and more like you're supported and more like you're going to be protected. What I mean is like, let's say a six, you know, um, is concerned about what's going on with our food industry. That's their major concern, you know, and you're spending time with them and they're, and they're telling you all kinds of facts and information, especially if they're a six wing five, you know, did you know that, uh, genetically modified engineered food is lacking and is denatured and is you know and so they come out with all of this information about you know the food corporations and how they're denaturing our food and how you know maybe even some foreign government is behind it to destroy the health of Americans and okay what happens to you when you hear all that information you start to think is is that true 
oh my goodness, I didn't know any of this. Wow, I got to be careful what I what I buy. I got to be careful what I eat. I got to be careful. Now, you see what just happened to me is when we share our energy. Remember in the Bible pictures, right? The halos, the energy is coming off of you. And so when you're around a six, you'll start to maybe feel some anxiety. Like, oh, you know, you know, you raise a good point there. You know, I never really thought about it like that. You know, wow, you've really inspired me to think for myself. And, you know, I got to, next time I go to the grocery store, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh yeah, that, you'll start to feel yourself picking up that anxiety um, that they have. Well, that, that flips in reverse, right? When when sixes feel very secure and powerful and and like they've researched and they've got enough answers to feel confident, um, you know, when you're in their presence, they may actually be the security guard. They very well could be the police officer or the security guard. And you're going to start to feel like, well, you know, I think I'm probably safe now because look how vigilant, you know, Buster is over there. He's got his eyes on every exit. You know, he's got a sidearm. He's got eyes on every exit. And, uh, you know, he's got one phone call away from an EMT. And so I don't need to worry because, you know, the, the lifeguard, the lifeguard's watching me. And as long as the lifeguard is vigilant, then I'm, I can be secure and safe. And so when you're around a healthy six, you know, or a six that is a little more balanced, you're going to feel more safe and secure and, and, uh, and supported. Wow, we did not make it through, uh, through nine we only made it through two, and I think our time's about run up for the hour. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me this long. Thank you, and as always, be present to life. Fives, that means you've got to come out of sort of your hoarder hole. You got to come out of your, you know, your hideaway, uh, your off your remote island, uh, and come out here where the people are. Lean on your six wing a little bit, and come out where the people are, and engage with with the real people, not the fantasy people in your head. Okay, and then sixes. Be present to life. Um, you know, rather than spiral in your thoughts as to what could go wrong and all the plans you need to make and all the, um, I think, you know, is that what they actually said? Did they say they were against you? Come back to the objective facts. I didn't really talk about the lines much. Six, you know, and their unhealth can look like a three. Sixes want to be a part of the team. Threes are always... MVP, most valuable player. They separate away from the team and accomplish more. They, they work harder and accomplish more than the teammates and they end up getting the trophy, you know, the super duper award. When sixes are unhealthy, you'll see them depart from their team and try to go about proving their worth and value and their, their accomplishments in order to not be the target of whatever they're afraid of. Sixes, when they're really healthy, woo, they go to that nine place. Just, hey, maybe I can have some peace. Maybe, maybe, maybe things are going to work out okay. Maybe the real solution to this problem is there really isn't a problem and I can just let it go. All right, guys. Love you all. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate your support. And I'll see you next time.